here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 105 FM in Mokopane. Thank you so much for staying with us on SAFM. This is Life Happens and my name is Pimelo Modena. So as usual at this time, every Thursday, we look into the lives of people living with disability. Sol Mulobi, who is an author of a book entitled Sound and, Fla- and, Fa- and Fury, The Chronicles of Healing. He joins me now on the line. A very good afternoon, Sol, and thank you so much for making the time to talk to us this afternoon. Hello, Pimelo, and good afternoon to our listeners. So you have such an interesting story to tell, and I want you to be able to tell it yourself. But I, I just thought it is such an encouraging story on one level, but also such a difficult story to tell. You you found yourself paralyzed by, I, I thought, out of the blue. Is that how it felt to you? Because it seems like that's from me. Yes, I was healthy, sound, and I didn't have any signs of, of ill health. And I was at the shopping mall with my wife. Uh, as we were walking towards the, par- the car park, I just collapsed and blacked out for a minute. Uh, afterwards, I regained my consciousness. I found some two guys helping me up. The stubborn me uh, said I didn't need to go to a doctor because they call an ambulance. I said, no, I'm fine. So we went home. It was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We got home, and I even did my daily ritual of a double of something hot on the rocks. (laughs) And around 11 o'clock, we were preparing to go into bed, and I went into the bathroom to brush my teeth. I put the toothpaste on the toothbrush, and my hand just froze. My right hand just froze. Hmm. It couldn't move. So I went back into the bedroom. I said to her, hey, look at this hand. It has frozen. Then she said, no, let's call an ambulance. So let me take you to hospital. I said, no, I'm fine. Let's sleep. We'll see in the body what happens. The next morning when I woke up, I was fully paralyzed from the neck down. I could only move my head and my lips, and I could also blink. So uh, My voice was a bit faint. It was then that I was convinced that I had to go to hospital. So medically, what do they say happened to you? They are saying it's a condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. The doctors came back to me after three weeks to say it's Guillain-Barre syndrome. They say your mind stops talking to your nerves, and as a result, the nerves degenerate, and it affects 150,000 people across the world. So I was the lucky one in South Africa to get it. But uh, they gave me some interesting news that it has a 70% recovery rate. Mm And then out of the 70% uh, recovery, recovered cases, there's a 3% chance of, of reoccurrence. But then I said, no, uh, it don't reoccur to me. I told myself I, I have to work very hard what, to recover. What causes that, so? 
What causes this illness? And unfortunately, because it's a small number for for the pharmaceutical industry to invest in its research. So they don't know what causes it. They don't even have medication for it. So what's, what's the remedies it is physiotherapy? Because then you have to stretch your muscles to reactivate them. And yeah, it's it's extremely painful. It belongs to the same family with lupus ah. and multiple sclerosis. Yes. But the only good thing about it is that you 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 can recover if you yeah you exercise your body. Seven months Seven. of of this kind of of I, I don't know I would call it trauma because this was completely new to you. Ah. Um, it, fully, fully paralyzed. It's it's Western trauma. In fact, what I've learned was that once you are faced with those difficulties, there are two choices. The easiest choice is to give up and die, and then the most difficult choice is to say, "I'm going to leave." And every morning, you have to convince yourself that. Yes, I'm alive and I'm going to fight to reclaim my my life back. But I was an extremely independent person. In fact, even at work, even though I had PAs, I always made myself a cup of tea. And suddenly there I was surrendering my entire life into the hands of other people when it, not even a finger could move. And And because you were so ill-prepared for this what does that do to your to your mental health because you know for for many people um you get to understand your condition because something happened so either somebody got injured there was an illness that they were that they had they were born that way it's a very difficult to understand where you'd be sitting if something like this happens where you you sleep one day and then the following day you wake up paralyzed in in fact um I was meant to go into a depression, and my medical doctors at Steve Biko were also very worried about the functionality of my brain. And what was even worse is that they also discovered that I had blood clots. And their immediate um, intervention was to make sure that the blood clots do not affect the blood flow into my brain because I was going to be brain dead. And then every day they'll come to me, they'll ask me questions just to see if all the marbles were still intact. And then after two weeks, they were happy that uh, my mind was still in a sound position. And then I think in month three, yeah, number three, my doctor was even more convinced when to keep myself busy, I memorized all the barcodes, the numbers on, you know, like in, in, in government <laughs> facilities. Every piece of furniture is given a barcode and then there's a long number. <laughs> yes. Then I kept myself busy by memorizing all the numbers in the room, and I will recite those numbers to them 
And then, then he was convinced that, no, I, I was fine. Yeah, he even told the other doctors that, no, his mind is still fine. But, yeah, I, I became a baby. Um, mm. And, yeah, this could, could destroy everyone's soul. But, and then I decided to, I took refuge in, in humor, in making jokes about myself. And I then imagine all the people with disabilities that I've seen in my life, and they have made it in life. Um, I remember when I worked for the Department of International Relations and Cooperation, there was one excellent deputy director general that I believe he was the second most intelligent civil servant in South Africa. His name was Ambassador Nisi. Uh, 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 and I I thought if that guy too could make it, I think I could also make it. Then I remember a young showbiz journalist uh, when African Americans uh, became uh, began to make all those brilliant movies like Spike Lee, John Singleton with Boys in the Wood, I remember there was this colorful character on a wheelchair in Boys on the Wood, and he was always um, having <laughs> a, a, a pacify in his mouth, you know, a dumb daddy. Mm-hmm. And then I then decided, okay, maybe I should be that character. And on 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 weekends, the rehabilitation hospital encouraged our families to take us home so that we can identify all the challenges at home. And for me, I find it very ironic and humor, humorous that whilst I was sitting on a wheelchair watching TV, my kids will come. Uh, the the daughter was was six and. The, the the son was was nine and they'll ask me to push me around the house you know and it remi- it reminded me that by the way under normal circumstances it's an older person pushing a kid in a push cart you know around as, as some form of entertainment and that's what my kids did to me on 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 Saturdays and Sundays and and then I would say, okay, instead of saying, give this man a belt, then I'll say, okay, give this man a pacify, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I just, and then I gave names to my to my wheelchair. It was a Ferrari, some other days it was a Lamborghini, you know? Uh, just for me to learn to accept the fact that I was, a wheelchair and I couldn't do anything for, for myself. So, but you you also lose your your dignity. Mm. The fact that you are an adult and suddenly the nurses have to, you know, to babysit you, mm. you know, and and do everything that adults do to babies. You know, and you forget about your yeah, your 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 dignity, you forget a bit about life you used to be and you accept the conditions that you are in how are you doing now so 
Now I'm I'm doing okay. In fact, all my doctors and physiotherapists are very happy. I now walk like a penguin. Mm-hmm. You know, at 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 first I walked like um, you, you remember Tata Mandela at one stage he used to walk like a Robocop. Yeah, I started like that, looking like a Robocop. Now I'm like a penguin. I I do flat surfaces. I still can't do the stairs. Okay. Uh, if I have to do the stairs, I will need crutches. Mm-hmm. But but I'm yeah I'm okay. In fact, there's a commercial of one one chicken outlet. They have a, an artificial intelligence uh, character called Zboo. Uh, it's a robot uh, who play because the guy loves this chicken uh, chicken outlet that he created the robot to represent him at home, and he moved to a chicken outlet store. He was just enjoying himself. Then the robot did everything that he was supposed to do as the husband to this woman and the father to these children. So at first I was also looking like that, but now I'm improving. I'm gaining strength a bit, even though like I walk like a like a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> and today I'm even wearing a black suit and a white a white shirt, so I look like the real penguin. You know? <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely talking to you, Sol Malobi, who is the author of the book. It's called Sound and Fury: The Chronicles of Healing, as he takes us through his journey of of being paralyzed uh, flat out for seven months, and and his journey out of that. He says he's no longer he's no longer on a wheelchair, and and he he keeps a very very positive mind as you could hear and uh, I mean that that's a, such a heartwarming story there uh, the book is called one again once again sound and fury the chronicles of healing